five, four, three, two, one. Pocket Attic Podcast is a podcast about the things that make life worth living. Movies, metal, mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Mahatma Candy, Albert Beinstein, Blurt Cobain, Rude or Udee, Van Nistelrooy. Let's get Punkadelic. Straight off the bat, I want you all to go over to or slash Punkadelic Podcast, reddit.com. I'm going to post the picture of this guy's face in there. It's going to be on the subheadline and something along the lines of extremely bad head, awful head, uh, head not good, something along those lines. I just, I can't believe this man must have known this photo was being taken. He's a professional journalist. And just the way he set himself up for this photo is fucking crackers. I came across this guy. He is the Guardian's film critic, I think. So we will be discussing him a little bit later as we dip our toes into the Oscars. Uh, But first of all, just doing this first this week, want to get this out of the way. There have never been more ways for you to get in touch with Punkadelic Podcast. Send us a direct message on Instagram at Punkadelic Podcast. Anything you want us to know about you, you can tell us stuff. You can suggest things for us to do on the show. You can send us things for us to talk about here on the show. uh, Ask questions, whatever it is you need to know about the world of Punkadelic and Punkadelism. Um, you know, this is your primary source of information for that. Uh, so you'll also see that in every episode bio, there is a link so that you can send us voice messages, which I then have the option of including in the show. So please feel free to make use of that if you so wish. Uh, you can head over to our Reddit. As I say, we post tons of hilarious uh, content in there. You know, video content, a lot of it, visual content, things that don't really work on the podcast. So uh, recently I got a video of a girl getting hit in the face by a train. Uh, it's not, it's, it, she doesn't die or anything, you just, you gotta see it, it's like, what the fuck was this idiot doing? And, yeah, to be honest, I can't recall too much more from the Reddit recently, but that's because there's been a lot, so it's all go over there, um, seeing the subscriptions and the membership to that creep up, so please join in, join the conversation over there, don't have to contribute, of course, I'll just keep populating that subreddit with stuff that is punkadelic, but doesn't work in audio. Uh, we are also on buymeacoffee.com. If you go there and search Punkadelic Podcast, we have a campaign running to raise the funds to get a new microphone for the show. So originally that was to start having guests on, but now I need to replace this microphone. You know, we're two and a half years into this podcast. We're over 70 episodes, over three days of content up there now. So, um, you know, and I'm trying to see if to purchase a much better editing computer. So um, if you want to contribute to that campaign, that will be hugely Hugely appreciated, but we don't expect that. I don't expect anybody to do that. We're at like 26%, which is way more than I thought I'd ever get. But yeah, I'm going to kick in 10 times more than that campaign into getting the computer, which I think is the real fastest way to get this up and going because it'll make sitting down to edit it much less of a chore for me. Uh, But then editing will suck if it's bad sound quality. So you see the vicious cycle I'm in here thinking about this. Uh, so, Punkadelic Podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts, uh, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Casts, really starting to see the numbers diversify there, so uh, I think you guys are out there telling people about Punkadelic 
Punkadelic podcast, and that is fucking great. Uh, we've seen a seen a fair whack of growth here lately. The most recent hundred players has been the fastest we've gotten a hundred players. And so, if you want to help us grow, some of the best things you can do are rate the podcast five stars on Spotify. Make sure you're following the Instagram, subscribe to the Reddit, and really, the very best thing that you can do is to. Take the link for an episode and send it to someone that will genuinely genuinely enjoy that episode, preferably someone that doesn't know me, so we can get some honest feedback there. In terms of sharing with friends and bringing new people into the fold, there are new short clip episodes on the podcast feed that I'm calling Chunkadelic, Punkadelic Chunks, get it, right? And they're there and they make that easier than ever. They're sort of between 4 and 15 minutes long and I'll be posting more of those as the year goes on. So that's it and that's that. Thanks for listening to that spiel. Now let's get on with the show. All right, so sometimes this helps me be a better podcaster. I'm just going to acknowledge it out loud that I don't want to fucking be here today. I tried, I've been trying to record podcasts all week, but there is just some sort of mental resistance and I don't know what the fuck is going on. I I mean, I love podcasting. Obviously, I get a lot out of it, but for some reason, I just haven't been able to sit down and do this shit this week. Uh, Yesterday, I sat down and did an awful, terrible, abortive attempt at recording this podcast but that's just gonna have to get scrapped that's never gonna see the light of day yeah sometimes just i I don't know if i'll even maybe this gets left in maybe it gets cut out but just having this part of the conversation with myself helps me just get on with it sometimes so uh, this is what i was learning during the week so this is a direct quote from an arab preacher on middle eastern tv Uh, when a woman drives a car her mind is preoccupied and when she sits for a long time her pelvis bounces and this bouncing places pressure on the ovaries. Therefore, in America, France and Europe, women only have two or three children not because of family planning, but because of functional disorder of their ovaries. So, like, bro, what the fuck is happening to the hundreds of men that are cruising around in the back of Toyota pickup trucks holding AK-47s? Are their gonads not bouncing up and down? I like this. I, I am going to go out on a limb here and I'm gonna fucking say it if nobody else will I think these ISIS lads are misogynist there you go look I'm sorry I don't mean to get hyper political controversial on this show but every so often you know it has to happen so there you go that's that so I have now seen everything everywhere all at once twice that you might be like okay great wow good man Donald you watched the film twice fucking clap clap well, look, shut the fuck up. Obviously, there's more context to go around it than I'm going to tell you now. If this was a Christopher Nolan movie, you wouldn't be asking for the context up front. So shut the fuck up. Now, Everything Everywhere All at Once obviously came out last March. Uh, well, actually, I was looking at my Instagram stories and I believe I got to see it in the cinema in May. So I think it premiered at South by Southwest in March of 2022. Which a, a week after the Oscars, which I thought, that's it, kiss of death, forget about it, right? Because a week after the Oscars, nobody's going to fucking remember. And then a glut of fucking bullshit movies like Salma Hayek's Free to Kahlo vehicle uh, will come out in January and everyone will be like, oh, isn't Kate Blanchett brilliant in the war movie? And the fucking wonderful, hyperactive, kinetic, zany, Korean, uh, actually, I think it's more Chinese than Korean, that's me being racist, excuse me, everybody. You know, this fucking wonder film, wonder film, you know, like with the U with the two dots, the umlaut, uh, like a wonder kid, but this wonder film, it did it. It took home the three top line Oscars, best director, original screenplay, and best picture. 
walks away with three um, three acting Oscars out of three out of the four, seventy five percent of them. And the last one they walked away with to make it around seven was editing, which of course, I mean, this movie must like I haven't seen a movie that must have been this much of a nightmare to edit since Baby Driver. And you know how high I am on that movie. And if you haven't seen it, watch it specifically with a view to sitting down and thinking to yourself, how the fuck did they edit this together? And so why it's notable that everything everywhere all at once, I'm only seeing it for the second time now, is because when I went to see it, I was obviously um what's a politically correct way to put this? Sobriety compromised. Okay, let's just leave it at that. And I'm fairly certain I had a little bit of a nap in it. But I just, like, my overriding memory of it was, and there's a lot in this movie, right? Like, it is a lot to unpack. But I just came away, like, not that I remembered everything in full, but I just remember it being fucking floored. There's no better word for it. It blew me the fuck away. It has energy out the ass. It's hilarious. Like, they don't make comedies anymore, so this is... This is fucking laugh out loud, and it's not some superhero making a quip, alright? Because, to be honest, I was done with Marvel's quips when I was reading The Guardians of the Galaxy in 2012, 13, and then like, it just became fucking quip all over the place. Quip, 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 quip. I just, you know, they formulate, they made it formulaic, and uh, it suffered. You know, but Marvel got away with it. They got away with the shared universe. Nobody else has been able to. Everyone's sucking at it. Harry Potter stinks. DC can't get it right. Uh, but I'm digressing from the original point here to lambast Marvel. Uh, I just think we're living through the death of superhero cinema right now. And honestly, at this point, I'm all fucking for it. So everything everywhere all at once coming into this landscape where everyone's trying to make a multiverse. But nobody has any patience. An indie, Chinese-led, uh, just come out of nowhere to get the buzz it got, take home all these Oscars. It's unheard of. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited for my second viewing because I wanted to see it on the big screen again. And I missed not one but two opportunities. The first one was on my birthday, a day of fun. We decided to stay hanging out, drinking with my buddies a little longer. Uh, you know, it's a long winter here and you don't always see people, so... It was, uh, socialization was more important for my mental health at that point. So I made a fucking choice. And then it ran for a week. Um, Thursday to Thursday. And I couldn't make it out until the Friday, but I didn't realize it was only showing for a week. So, bit disappointed, bit miffed about those things. So when the opportunity came up again to see it screening immediately after the Oscars, I was like, right, well, two plus two is fucking four, big D. Get your shit together, get a ticket bought, and let's fucking go. So that's what I did, you know, and um, as I mentioned there, actually, you know, it's a fucking long winter here in Van. The thing I've never gotten used to about Vancouver, I was just talking to someone about this during the week, uh, is the SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder or Depression, I'm not sure what it is, but it just is like, you know, you feel fucking awful during the winter because it's freezing, it's raining all the time, nobody wants to fucking do anything, it's a fucking ordeal just to step outside your door sometimes. So forcing yourself to get the fuck up and out once it comes into March sort of time is big. So big night at the movies. I was like, got there fucking early because I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get fungally enhanced. 
Oh yeah, one other thing I want to point out here is for whatever reason the Rio made tickets to this five dollars. So I just want to say shout out the Rio because this is that's the most obscene value I've ever gotten out of a cinema ticket. Maybe ever. Maybe even more than when I went to see Bingo Hell there for free. So there you go. So yes, recommend taking yourself out of the house, even if it's by yourself, and just going to do something that you're fairly sure you're gonna love, but you can't quite be certain. So to make a night of it, I jumped into the Korean chicken place right next door. This is why Koreans are on my mind. I'm not a racist. So I ordered up what I thought was a small appetizer of chicken just to chill out. I was loving the ambiance in this place. Shout out DK Chicken uh, Broadway at Vancouver. And this place was just cool as because everything was lit with pink neon. And there was like chill K-pop on at all times. Not It was just, it was never obnoxious or in your face. So I'm just sitting there eating the most delicious plate of fried chicken I've possibly ever had. Soy garlic style. Um, I'm not sure what the Korean word for that is. There is one. Yang yam, perhaps. And then, you know, I'm just refreshing my phone every three minutes and seeing that everything everywhere has won another Oscar. And, you know, at this point I haven't seen it twice. And I'm just like, dude, I hope I remembered this movie right. So this was just a cracker of a night. In sat in the balcony because I didn't want no stranger danger. I just wanted to enjoy this fucking film by myself. You know, exact same again. Like laughing out loud, like almost uncontrollably at some point. And also as it was a rescreening in the Rio, there was a video introduction by the directors. And then eight or nine minutes of outtakes at the end, which were absolutely fucking brilliant. Hilarious. You should try and find those if you can. Um, so just let's draw a line underneath this section. It was... Uh, it was good to take myself out on a date, sort of, if that's the right vernacular for that, just getting out, doing something different when I would have just sat in the house all evening. Uh, everything everywhere all at once is fucking brilliant. It is positive. It's unbridled in its positivity. Dude, I can see the sentence in my head, but it's fucking fighting. It's, n- it's not fighting its way out very well. It's brimming with unbridled positivity. It's like the, It's like a pot of fun just about to boil over. This movie is a fucking cracker, but don't also, don't go in half-cocked and forget that there are genuine fucking tearjerker moments. This movie has got a lot of heart too, so, um, and you know, just a super positive moral message in the end that like, everybody matters, everybody's story matters, everybody deserves to be happy, um, your parents love you, you know, like, is it is it a super challenging movie in that regard? I guess not, but. As an antidote to the times, I mean, what sounds like a better night into you? Uh, sitting down and watching everything everywhere all at once, or all quiet on the Western Front? Okay, if your answer is all quiet on the Western Front, then, you know, go go with you, but, uh, I just, uh, war cinema, like, well, what are we doing here? Like, we really want to celebrate this? This is great, this is all we have to make movies about? Um, oh, the indomitable human spirit. Well, that can exist in a fictional multiverse, too. I'm worried that this is going to get into fucking rant territory, and I have places to be today. I don't really have places to be today. The places I have to be are my apartment, but I have stuff to do in it, so I don't want this to be a super long episode. I might record this in batches. Uh, fuck yesterday's was bad. Really, really, really terrible. I don't know what's going on with me right now. I don't just the fuck. I think I just fucked myself drinking so much over Paddy's day and I say drinking so much I had probably nine drinks where I normally would have had six and but it's just the effects of the age 32 are fucking mental folks uh not saying I don't still enjoy a good drink but it's just like I 
I can't fucking put away those numbers, those sort of numbers anymore. Um, I can, obviously, and great at it. But, you know, everyone that's around and gets to enjoy the crack doesn't have to help me pick up the pieces the next day, so... Yeah, we're going to have to examine that one, I think. Also, I'm fucking sick of smoking weed. I bought this weed and it's... I don't even know what the problem with it is. I just don't fucking like it. Do you ever get that, folks? It seems like it does everything it's supposed to do, but it just... I don't know. I really can't put my finger on it about this stuff. So I wanted to talk for a while here on the pod about fan edits. So, you know, I'm a movie nerd and I'm an online sort of person and I like Reddit, you know. I've tried to replace Instagram with Reddit in my life. I don't know if that's truly better for my mental health, but I just know that Instagram's not really that good for me. Um, so I cut my time there on Instagram, like, dramatically down. So I'm limited to only an hour a day, I believe. Uh, and I just, and still, still, I, I don't learn... Like, the first thing I should do every fucking day is log in on Instagram, promote the podcast before it locks me out. Because people are fucking simple. The numbers always go up faster if I have a link in my Instagram bio. That The data correlates there. I know correlation does not equal causation. But, like, again, we don't need to get into the science of statistics on this podcast. I've said that a bunch of times, okay? I say that almost every time that I uh, do a UFC episode and I try to do, like, a quantitative analysis. And I'm like... But, you know, there's also a qualitative analysis, which I'm not capable of doing. All right, we're talking fan edits. Two fan edits I watched. All right, number one. Uh, oh, fuck, I suppose I should look up, like, bios for these or something. Uh, this is going to be a shitty part of the podcast. Maybe we should cut this. You know what? I'm going to save it for another episode because I just, I don't, I, this is all I've written down. I don't have time. I can come back and do this justice. I can't do this justice right now. But look, on a future episode, we're going to be talking about two fan edits. Um, Return of the Jedi edited into Jedi Unchained, which makes it a Star Wars Quentin Tarantino mashup. So it adds a lot of Tarantino tracks, adds some non-linear elements using uh, footage from Kenobi and some of the more recent Star Wars things to, uh, for flashbacks and stuff. And, you know, like when Luke and Darth Vader throw down in the throne room, it's the music from the fight between the bride and Oren Ishii. So... AKA my favorite song of all time. So that's pretty fucking cool. And uh, Jurassic Park, Blood, Sex and Dinosaurs, it makes Jurassic Park a 70s grindhouse movie and like cuts out any of the good special effects and replaces it with like rough stuff from like the, the computer net model. It's it's weird, but you're it's just it's in, it, it's very interesting. Uh I didn't get to see it all, but um, you know, they used a lot of, like, half-finished VFX shots, so it was just, it, it's out there. It's different. So, talking movies still, I want to know, this is it. Recently, I asked two questions on the podcast. I said, who the fuck asked for gorillas, and what the fuck is Barstool Sports? So, to complete the trilogy, I got a final question with a fuck in it. Where the fuck is the Killers of the Flower Moon? We were promised a Scorsese movie with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, where Scorsese had all the loot he wanted because it's being made by Netflix. So he got the Irishman out of his system, and now we're supposed to be knuckled down making a good film. But I haven't heard word dot. It was supposed to come out last year. Where the fuck is it? So what we'll do now is we'll have a quick Google. Okay, it says now 2023 film. No shit, Sherlock. 
Members of the oil-wealthy Osage nation are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s. Adapted from a book called Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Okay, upcoming Western crime drama, screenplay by Eric Roth. Eric Roth. Wrote Forrest Gump, wrote Star is Born, wrote Ali, wrote Dune. Okay, yeah, alright, so that's fucking promising. If you wrote that Dune script, then that's killer, because it was the best adaptation I've seen. Best adaptation I've seen. Um, DiCaprio, De Niro, Jesse Plemons, a.k.a. Meth Damon, Lily Gladstone, and Brenton Fraser. Ugh, I hate the Brenton Fraser resurgence. Who gives a fuck? Yes, the mummies, the mummies movies, the mummy movies were a part of our childhood, but like, a part we can let fucking go of, right? Right or wrong? Yes or yes here, folks? What? Message the show. Message the show with what you think of that. Um, I'm not watching The Wheel. I don't care. I don't think he should have got Best Actor, even though I haven't seen it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, so it just doesn't tell me anything else here. Film is produced by Scorsese's... Uh, Scorsese... Fuck's sake, don't. The film is produced by Scorsese's company. I can't pronounce that, I'm sorry. And DiCaprio's company, and distributed by Paramount Pictures and Apple TV... The $200 million budget is reportedly the largest amount ever spent on a film shot in Oklahoma. Right, so it's a major FBI investigation into those murders directed by 29-year-old J. Edgar Hoover and a former Texas Ranger. Alright, well I was looking through here to see if um, J. Edgar Hoover is listed in the cast, but he's not. Um, Anything else interesting going on in this cast? Who's John Lithgow? He's in it. Hmm. I recognise him, but... Hmm, no. This guy's not super well known to me. Jason Isbell as Bill Smith and Sturgill Simpson as Henry Grammer. So they're both country music uh, musicians. So that's this is going to have an old-style country feel. Or, but like, Sturgill Simpson is the acid country dude that made the anime uh, film of one of his albums there. So he's like a very modern genre-smashing country dude. Psychedelic, maybe even, would be a, a good term for that. And the only other name I recognise in the cast list is Jack White, who doesn't have a character name listed. He's probably just been hired to make it feel like the 1920s. Here, Jack, just dick about like you do in the modern day, and, you know, that's the mise-en-scene for this film, sorted. So, apologies, I can't tell you a whole lot more about that, but it's on the way. Uh, let's just do a quick search for Killers of the Flower Moon release date. May 2023. Uh, is that coming to cinemas, or will that only come to Apple TV? Is that going to only be on Apple TV or will that come to theatres? I mean, I think The Irishman had a limited theatre run. I could be mistaken in that one. But, you know, I just, I'd like to see this movie, I think, in the cinema. Scorsese, DiCaprio. You know, you never know when it's going to be the last collaboration there. And De Niro's in it. Well, like, you know, like, what's he done for me lately? That's the point I'm getting at here, right? Dirty Grandpas, Meet the Fockers sequels. I mean, it's been a while since there's been a Raging Bull. Okay, let's update that reference. It's been a while since there's been a Heat. So, I don't know, De Niro. Oh, I had been wondering about this one. So, uh, an article here I was reading tells me that there is uh, some movement in the rumour mill, if not the actual real-life mill, into who is actually going to come on and replace Taylor Hawkins in the Foo Fighters. 
Now, I really want to do a future episode of the show where I dig deep into the Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts and bring forth the best collaborations and tracks from that. So um, I missed the live streams at the time. I don't know what those are. So I'm going to have to go and find a way to pirate those and... um and just trying out what musical greatness there is in there. I also really want to sit the fuck down and watch Studio 666 because I downloaded it, watched half of it, got bored just because sometimes you get bored, not because it was bad, and fucked it off and then needed room on a computer and it had to be sacrificed and deleted. So now I need to fucking download that all over again uh, when I feel like I could have and should have just moved it to a memory pane. I don't know what happened there, folks. My life's a fucking mess. You don't want you don't want my fucking problems. Yeah, so I just want to watch the fucking movie so that I can listen to the album and enjoy it. Uh, if that's the last thing that Taylor Hawkins ever recorded on, then yeah, I want in. So uh, isn't he also on the most recent Oz album too though he plays drums on at least one song on there so check that out if you do miss taylor hawkins and need your fix all right so there's just ads all over this article i fucking hate the internet so the foos have set a string of festival dates for this summer so people are like all right who's going behind the drum stool even odds number one seed right now matt cameron uh, currently works in pearl jam and soundgarden so Pretty much got the chops. Pretty much in the right style. Uh, Matt has been spotted near Studio 606, the Foo Fighters HQ in Van Nuys, California, where they record and rehearse. He's good friends with the Foos and was a close pal of Taylor's. His name has been tossed about more than any other candidate, with the exception of Rufus Taylor. Uh, he'd be a solid, reliable and safe choice. The fan base would easily accept him. And it's also handy that Pearl Jam has zero shows scheduled for 2023. Adam Willard, not exactly a household name, but 49-year-old Adam has a great resume. He's a founding member of Tom DeLonge's other band, Angels and Airwaves. So, are you going to provide us with any evidence of this great resume? Here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, next sentence, D, you fucking wanker. Uh, past gigs include stints with Rocket from the Crypt. Decent. Social Distortion. Don't know enough about them. Canada's Danko Jones, often talked about as Canada's Ginger Wildheart, but any time I've ever listened to him, that's never been borne out, nor have I been offended, but not necessarily on that level. Uh, against Me, this is Adam Willard's present gig, and The Offspring. So, this guy's been around, um, and he too has apparently been spotted going in and out of Studio 606. So, maybe it's just going to be a revolving cast of drummers, depending on when people can get away and their availability from their other bands. Which brings me to number three seed here at seven to one odds. Oh, sorry, I didn't mention that Adam Willard was in there with three to one odds to become the new Foo Fighters drummer. Uh, Rufus is the current drummer with the Darkness, greatest band of all time, and the son of Roger Taylor, Hawkins' all-time favourite drummer and the heartbeat of Queen, Taylor's all-time favourite band. The Darkness isn't doing much these days. Well, you know, they are actually on a pretty fucking healthy tour and they're about to start touring the 20th anniversary of their groundbreaking John genre-defining uh, 2004 neoclassic rock masterpiece, Permission to Land. So, uh, well, 2023, or 2003. Yeah, I got the year wrong. I fucking misspoke for one second. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to make... I'm trying to make the case for the darkness here, okay? Not that the case needs to be made. It just needs to be stated. The darkness isn't doing much these days. They are, but we'll let this poor fucking sod think that, like... Uh, and Rufus appeared at both tribute shows last September. His name has been bandied about as a possible successor for a couple of months now. And it would be cool to have a guy in the band named Tiger. 
The Darkness has just one show upcoming on July 15th in Norway, their opening for Kiss, and that, however, is the same day the Foos are set to headline the Harley Davidson Homecoming Festival in Milwaukee. So that would want to be a quick flight. But then, like, think how far ahead Norway is in terms of time. Could he fly back through multiple time zones there? Uh, a few other names have been suggested. Josh Fries, uh, Shane Hawkins, son of Taylor, Travis Barker, Brad Wilk, Omar Hakim, Patrick Wilson of Weezer, Chad Smith, Yuck, Josh Hom, Josh Homme. I, I, I just I just think it looks like Hom, so that's why I'm going to say it. Uh, Nandy Bushel. Oh, right, no. Uh, Dave Grohl could do it himself, but he's a front man and needs to be able to roam the stage. So, you know, I still think you could be seeing Dave play drums for a number of songs uh, on the next tour. And, you know, as much because you might just want to hide back there and think about Taylor because, you know, we, t- we sort of take these things for granted. But, like, there's going to be hella emotions on that stage. And, you know, if it was my good friend that I lost like that, it, it would take a lot. It would, t- it would take something out of you for fucking damn sure. And I mention this because uh, in if you listen to this podcast, you know, I'm a very big fan of the modern rock band Alter Bridge. And they have a very famous song called... In Loving Memory, which the guitar player Mark wrote all the lyrics for in tribute to his mum when she passed. So uh, every night on stage, and you can see this in the Live from Amsterdam DVD very, very clearly. Every night on stage, Miles would get up and have to sing these heartbreaking lyrics about Mark's poor mum. But very, very positive as well. One of those things where it's like, like one of the lyrics is... I can't believe you're gone. It's just like it. Maybe that's the opening line. It, it it hits like a truck. It's the saddest song ever, but does build into an extremely great rock crescendo. And the point I'm trying to make here, if I'll ever get around to it, sorry, I've had a lot of coffee today, is that the lighting and stage engineer used to just make a really dark space back by Mark's amps. So he could just, once the song really kicks into gear, he can just go back there lose himself on the solo and ball his eyes out thinking of his mum so I just I wouldn't rule out some sort of scene like that on this new Foo Fighters tour um, there's going to have to be some sort of tribute to Taylor Hawkins I mean have you seen the Foo Fighters documentary is that called Back and Forth like Dave and Taylor and the the tension between them in the early days which dissipated and they were able to break and solve and come back with I think there is nothing left to lose Anyway, it's after Dave leaves and goes to play with the Queens of the Stone Age and Taylor's kind of pissed and Dave's pissed that he's just not happy for him and then they watch the Queens of the Stone Age set and he's like, oh, I get it. And then they get back together and write great music. Um, maybe Breakout is the comeback single that was written ahead of that meeting. Um, I can't remember my Foo Fighters lore too well off the top of my head. You know, it's called Punkadelic Podcast. We have to every so often talk, talk about rock music and psychedelic and the intersection of those things. So in the biggest news then, moving on from music to talk movies, one of the biggest bits of news we've had in the last while is that seemingly, because there is dispute about whether or not this is accurate, so take this with, you know, a half a cup of salt. So this is from The Hollywood Reporter, and this is what the headline says. Quentin Tarantino's final film is coming as filmmaker readies, this is the title, you ready? The Movie Critic. Sources say that the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Pulp Fiction filmmaker has written a script that he is planning on directing this fall, autumn. Logline details are being kept in a suitcase, but sources describe the story as being set in late 1970s Los Angeles with a female lead at its centre. 
It is possible the story focuses on Pauline Kiel, one of the most influential movie critics of all time. Kiel, who died in 2001, was not just a critic, but also an essayist and novelist. She was known for her pugnacious fights with editors as well as filmmakers. In the late 70s, Kiel had a very brief tenure working as a consultant for Paramount, a position she accepted at the behest of actor Warren Beatty. The timing of that Paramount job seems to coincide with the setting of the script, and the filmmaker is known to have a deep respect for Kiel, making the odds of her being the subject of the film more likely. The project does not have a studio home. It could go out to studios or buyers as early as this week, according to sources. One frontrunner could be Sony, where Tarantino has a tight relationship tight relationship with topper Tom Rothman. Sony distributed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the filmmaker's 2019 opus and also gave him a unique deal in which the copyright reverts to him over time. Hollywood also won two Oscars after nabbing 10 nominations and grossed $377 million worldwide. In 2019, right before the world shut down, one of the last big movies. Tarantino has for two decades, I guess we'll just, well, let's see, what else have we got in here? Blah, 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 blah. He's only making 10 movies because of his philosophy that filmmakers get worse. Hashtag Martin Scorsese and the Irishman. Um, so yeah, I think that the Pauline Keel stuff could be true. You know, um, it's been a hot second since we had a female lead in a Tarantino movie. So I think he would like to... Um, I think it would make sense to him to balance his filmography like that because, you know, you've got Kill Bills, you got your Death Proof, and Jackie Brown. So that's four. And then this will be five female-led movies, or five male-led movies in your Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction's more male-dominated, but, um, you know, Uma Thurman, I think, is the lead character in that too. And what other movies has he made? He's only made ten, Donald. Nine. Fucking Django, male lead. Glorious Bastards, male lead. Hateful Eight. Uh, Hateful Eight's predominantly male. Don't know where, 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 <laughs> how are you going to make that case? I would love to know. Uh, so, ages ago, we, like, obviously, he's my favourite director. We talk about him all the time on this fucking show. And uh, the speculation has always been that it's going to be set sort of in that time period. Now, for me... Just what I thought. Look, I'm a retard. Don't listen to me. But I, I wonder. I guess this is still in play. It, right. So say he makes a Pauline Kiel movie, and it's a, about Pauline Kiel, and now he's also said that he wants to make his movie an epigraph, like a smaller, more low key thing than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's big bombastic fucking finishes with a violent blowout, all about Hollywood parties, cars. Um, it was a lot in Hollywood, you know, to unpack even more in the book then but the book does expand on it in a really lovely way and you know that he's obviously just so in love with these characters rick dalton and cliff booth um cliff booth in the book is incredible he's far more the main character in the book uh but you know rick dalton's so well fleshed out and leo's so fucking good at playing him i wonder because we've got tarantino's cinema speculation now too so the rumor was that his next book will be a fictional biography of rick dalton Every TV show he starred in after the hippie incident, because he gets super famous again, the movies he goes back into, and not only that, but he's worked out through his encyclopedic knowledge of old Hollywood, who that would have displaced out of those roles, and what they would have done instead, and who that would have displaced, so he knows all the ripples. And for him, it's about stunts, and editors, and, you know, he's like, all the behind-the-scenes staff, knows them all, interested in them all. So I have seen reports on the Tarantino subreddit that, that all of this is not, strictly speaking, true, 
but things leak from somewhere is my thinking, and I feel like uh, I feel like he could make his Pauline Kiel movie and still set it within the once upon a Ho- once upon a time in Hollywood verse, where you know Rick Booth could show up ten years older, um, or certainly like his visage can be on posters in the background, his presence can be felt even if he's not in it. Um, and let us know that we're still in Tarantino's universe. So, um, I wonder how does this work out then? Is it, is that going to be in his movie universe, like the shared universe that his characters live in, like the Pulp Fiction, the Reservoir Dogs, or will it be in his movie universe, which is like the sort of movies that those characters will be going to see? He considers From Dusk Till Dawn and Kill Bill those sort of movies. So, like extreme, over the top movies. Interesting. You know, we'll be following this one. Real close on Punkadelic Podcast, guys. Okay, listen, this is going to have to be the end of recording session one. I'll be back in a little while. Through the magic of editing, you won't even know the difference. And I'm back with the Beaver Hats, Bandita Slacks, 30-pack of Strohs, 30-pack of Hoes, no rogue and in a propane flow. Fuck yeah, we're back on Punkadelic. Kid Rock still sounds fucking incredible in my accent. Can confirm what's going on, Punkadelic files. Alright, where did we get to last but not least? We were talking QT10. I think I wrapped all of that up. Now, as soon as I sit down to record my fucking stellar independent punk rock podcast, every cop in the city turns his fucking sirens on. As if it's not bad enough that fucking one of their buddies hit me with a bus last year, like... Fucking hell. Okay, all the sirens just stopped actually just as suddenly and that's that's worse, if anything. Oh no, there we go. They're back. They must have just got a clear run of road. It's 6pm in Vancouver, so that is actually shocking. Alright, so uh, from or slash polls, we're looking today at now next... What films would you rather have to eliminate from existence? Here's your options. Lord of the Rings, that's uh, the first ones, one to three. All eight Harry Potter films, all four Avengers films, or Star Wars episodes one to six. For me, that's easy. That's like, well, we're getting rid of Harry Potter all the live long day. I don't even like the Harry Potter movies. I think they're, uh, I mean, I couldn't make them, but I just, I don't know. They just don't focus on the things that I like about the books, or at least they haven't in my estimation or enjoyment of them um i did see the deathly hallows part two scored by a live orchestra in the orpheum concert hall here in vancouver that was pretty sweet but um yeah i just uh i love the books so i try to keep that vision like my own in my head uh, as intact as possible so you know but like what are we talking about here we've got a uh, five thousand votes so a fairly wide sample size and um, in the lead is actually Avengers with 1.93k votes. People hate the Avengers. I mean, that's, see, that's news to me. Like, I mean, is Reddit just where all the internet hipsters hang out? I mean, I'm on there. I mean, I, I knew Star Wars. See, Star Wars is grandfathered in. Star Wars was the first franchise anybody's father loved. So that's just it. You know, you're you're stuck with it. It's grandfathered in. No pun intended with the whole fathering thing. But, you know, um. So it comes down to it. But then we have 669 lads that did vote Lord of the Rings. That's bats. Like, I mean, I wonder just how well they've truly aged. Because um, I think at least half of Return of the King is disposable. But, um, you know, the first two are fucking 
like must watch cinema in a way that nothing is uh, and their extended editions are great too I don't think I ever went for extended Return of the King I don't think I ever needed that in my life and I've never gone for an extended Hobbit I've honestly never even gone for a second rewatch on most of the Hobbit movies Um, I'll throw on the third one because it is just battles there's virtually no silliness in the third one Uh, like with the elves uh, is this am I saying this right what was the really shocking part in Hobbit 1 or 2 uh, where there was like there were barrels getting out of an elf run place does that make sense actually it reminds me maybe that was a scene in the book um, I was going to say it reminds me of a scene in the book well obviously it was pretty the Hobbit movies were pretty heavily influenced by that book The Hobbit Donald well fucking done welcome to Punkadelic Podcast I'm back it's back can you feel it this going to be our year for fucking definite yeah so look this bit died on its horse a bit but I'd just be like I was kind of surprised. I thought that Harry Potter might be in the lead. Maybe I just... But for Avengers to be in the lead seems crackers. I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, sure. It comes down to one of those because... But people people are serious about things these days. Anyway, there's 484 fucking cons out there that would get rid of Star Wars episodes 1 to 6. And then this begs the question, like, what happens? (laughs) Does Star Wars cease to exist apart from episodes 7, 8 and 9? Because... That's not a timeline I can live in. I will take my portal gun and shoot myself in the head with it because no, definitely not. Not having it. Goodbye. That's all been all well and good up to now. We've all had a great time. Ha ha and he he and fucking tee he and toe hoeing and well, actually, if you were toe hoeing at any of the jokes I made tonight, please just get the fuck out. What is that? That's not a laugh. That's not nothing. Bye. But all that is, all that is to be drawn a line under now and now we're going to return to what this podcast does best. It's the best segment in podcasting. It's Wallaby Watch. They live in your community. Get the fuck out. They comment on your posts. Their parents feel them. Fucking disgraceful. They are wallopers. Have a fucking word with yourself. Hey, you're very welcome to Walloper Watch. This is the part of the show where we just ask ourselves, what in the name of God possesses people to write the things they write online? Um, we're looking at people who are... Uh, you know, we've, we've been at this for a while. Like, this is an old, old segment, almost as old as the podcast. And yes, it could be described as me setting up my own Peter Griffin's, you know what really grinds my gears. But I'm prepared to accept that because as, you know, as sometimes I like to say, like, there's people out here that are, you know, writing back to shopping centres. There are people that are, um, I mean, there are old people using Facebook unsupervised. That's just a thing that goes on and we're all like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But... You know, we don't let children stick fucking forks in the toaster. So I'm just suggesting that maybe there's a double standard applied in our society here. And um, we've identified a lot of sub-genres of wallopers. You know, there's people that come on, people have been watching MMA for two and a half weeks and come on and throw their opinion around like they're um, like monkeys throwing shit at each other. But it's it's horrendous. There's actually, there was a really funny page called the Casual MMA Police for a while. 
and they would come along find these comments and do like two or three cop car emojis and say you're going to casual jail and then post their profile photo on the casual mma police page with a big red x through it and casual written on it oh fuck that was a good time for the internet that was great but then we've like so this is an interesting case study here but on a previous episode we identified like there's an e there's subsets then of the subsets right okay this can be delineated forever segmented but within mma wallopers we found you know conor mcgregor simps and within that we found uh, like a whole genre, a genus, is that what a scientist would call it? Of Conor McGregor, her simps, who are just men online writing about Conor McGregor's her constantly and like implying that he succeeds or does not succeed <laughs> depending on what haircut he has. So the Walbert Watch is a, is a whole lot of fun. We're not always looking for outright hate or racism or whatever like that. They're just the sort of thing you're just wondering why someone would write that and when it feels like it would have taken a lot less effort to uh, to do that at all. And sometimes there are things that happen in real life. It's not always online comments, although that is the bulk of it because, you know, we live in a society, like it or fucking not, there are rules. Some of them are more like guidelines, but if you break them, we will shun you and laugh at you behind your fucking back. Now, I did mention there that sometimes wallopers are in the real world, and this time it's a special. Dude, perhaps I could be mistaken here, but I think this is our first ever intraspecies walloper. Now, normally I, re- I reserve this for, you know, humans and the type of rats that walk around on two legs. But I thought that this alligator deserved a fucking mention. So my homeboy, uh, what's my man's name here? Scott Hollingsworth. This is the human involved in this story, not the crocodile. Didn't get the croc's name. We should call him Kid Croc for the for the duration of this story. Damn. You know, I really thoroughly amuse myself sometimes and <laughs> Oh, this podcast is evidence of that. Um, yeah, this is hours after that whole... If you remember that tirade I was on earlier where I was like, I don't want to do this. I hate recording this podcast. Nobody listens to it and it sucks. We, we built a bridge and got over it. Um, you know, Walloper Watch is an important public service duty. So let's just get on with it. So Scott here comes home in Florida, Daytona Beach, right? Um, chilling in the house and uh, next thing there's a knock at the door so Florida man at home might known business probably should be a headline in and of itself but this is what our man was doing so here's the door knock I jump up and head over and open the door I step out while trying to reach the lights and barely got out the door and an alligator clamped on my leg and started shaking it really violently. I was just in total surprise and shock. I suspect I surprised the alligator as much as he surprised me. Well, I bet you we had a nice little surprise waiting for that alligator when he got back to the swamp. 45 caliber surprise. Uh, but like, alligators, you know, right, I was going to say, you know, we leave you alone. You need to leave us the fuck alone. But I guess that isn't strictly speaking true because um, 
people kill alligators and all the rest of it, but like by and large, aren't alligators left alone? Like what was this one doing knocking around this person's door? It's the knocking of the door that gets me like now obviously it's a crocodile or uh excuse me, an alligator. It probably didn't consciously think I'm gonna knock the door here. But I like to think that it did. And it's actually been watching this cunt for a couple of days. It was like, right, I see these humans here. Whenever they need, whenever somebody goes up and raps on the door, someone comes to the door. Um, you know, a food source, as he would see it, comes to the door. So he's like, right, figures it out, gets this guy. And then, was there not another guy super recently and he was just like hanging out in his house in Florida? Yeah, this is definitely true. I don't have the story to back this up right now, the news story in front of me, but... This happened, like, a guy chilling out in his house, hears noise in the garage, just moved to Florida, doesn't know to keep his garage door locked, in the garage, alligator helped itself to a slab of Diet Cokes. Are you fucking kidding me? Alligator's full of aspartame, that is what, that's what we're going to call this episode, because I don't have a name in mind yet. Alligator's full of aspartame, ah, it's actually not that funny on the bounce. Um, but there you go, and... What I was laughing at then is, uh, oh yeah, there's the other story there, Diet Cokes, uh, blah, 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 blah. There was Diet Coke spewing everywhere because the gator tore open the box and had a few cans. Probably thought it was beer, maybe, she said. <laughs> oh, this person was right to move to Florida. Alligators seldom bite people for reasons other than food. Yeah, but like, they're big fucking dogs. <laughs> they need a lot of food. So, um, are they breeding out of control or is that pythons? Which one? I mean, neither <laughs> neither of those are great options. But one animal is like 100% breeding out of control in Florida. Um, Google that one for yourselves there. Uh, that's it. It's an interactive podcast. <laughs> you get about four or five things to Google for yourself. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Right, so, in the related stories, like, anything, like, you fucking look up one Florida story and then it's just fucking carnage after And this is on The Guardian. This is on a classy newspaper. They're not trying to do this. Knock, knock, who's there? Alligator bites Florida man after he opens door. Already talked about that. Global heating means almost every sea turtle in Florida now born female. It, that's a... That's like uh, Jurassic Park, isn't it? Didn't they use amphi- Oh, is a turtle a reptile? Or is a turtle an amphibian? I defy anyone to tell me without looking it up. Point being, if animals are naturally able to change their fucking chromosomes, that's probably not good. Probably not the greatest. Uh, Florida man bitten by alligator after mistaking reptile for dog with a long leash. <laughs> this boy trying to walk this cunt and got bit for his troubles. Florida teens hailed after crash leaves two alligators hanging from truck window. What? What? <laughs> Toilet invading iguanas among invasive species now banned in Florida. Snake's boyfriend leads to hunters to largest python ever in Florida Everglades. Body of woman killed by alligator found in Florida Lake. And that only takes us back to 2018. Like, the place is just buck wild. But I guess you never hear about somebody just like, oh, fuck, there's a gator. Bang. Shoots it. So it's not a problem. Because, like, you're definitely allowed to shoot a couple of them. Because isn't there that show, like, Swamp Men, and, like, all they do is catch gators. And, I mean, not one of them speaks a word of the Queen's English. So the fact that they're on network television and I record a podcast in my bedroom is a bit 
like the universe would maybe want to step in and sort that out. Huh? Huh? Anytime you're ready, big dog. So yeah, just how far down the fucking Florida news headline rabbit hole do we really want to go? Because that feels like it might just be its own special Walloper Watch sometime. One of the things I'm not a huge fan of, and I have found that out through Walloper Watch here, and this is another subgenre of Wallopers, is um, Reddit nerds. Um, but specifically Reddit nerds that deal with EDC, which stands for Everyday Carry, uh, Knives, and Flashlights. Because... Everyone that's into these things thinks they're fucking action man and that Dr. X is lurking around every fucking corner. And it's just, I don't fully feel like a lot of these people live in the real world. It's not the thing I'm nerdy about. Like, I love to get nerdy about a lot of things and when I do that, I don't want to be disturbed or, like, be spoken to about it. Like, I have 32 years of age. I don't have time for that. And, I, but, like... Uh, also, the crack around it is very, 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 very bad. Like, people trying to make flashlight jokes. Lads talking about best day of their life because the boy down the hall asked them for a lend of a flashlight and they got to present the guy with nine options. Guarantee that guy was like, oh, no. It's like, oh, okay, um, sure, I'll actually borrow them all uh, into the house. Honey, the guy at the end of the hall is autistic. Watch yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was one dude who lent his flashlight to the plumber and it stuck up perfectly by magnets. It had a magnet on the battery cap. And, I, like, this is like, this is stuff that I know now from fucking seeing these idiots. Um, and so the plumber or electrician was in the building one day and one of the neighbours knocked on the door and was like, uh, you know, um... We need uh, the plumber needs or the electrician needs a flashlight. We heard you were the man to ask in the building, and he's like, "Stand back, citizens! <laughs> Doctor flashlight!" And you're just like, "Christ Almighty!" So he hands it over, and the guy goes and sticks his head into the hole or whatever. And so wherever he's trying to hold the light, the magnet on the tail cap of the light then fucking sticks it by metal, like or by magnets, whatever the word for that is, magnetism. Uh, in the perfect place so the electrician can go hands-free and do his job. And this guy wrote about 400 words about it on Reddit. Like, I just finished Stephen King's Children of the Corn today, and it was far shorter than I was expecting, so can people please start creating better content? Thank you. So, like, they're annoying, they're awful, you know, nerd out about proper things like fucking Marvel comic books, uh, spaceships from Star Wars that don't actually exist, and, you know, the ecosystem of the planet from Avatar. Like, get a life, lads. But here we got another one, right? So this is in or slash knives. And it's a picture of a guy sitting to a table of food. And he's got uh, one of his flicky out knives in his hand. Um, so here's the headline. And yeah, there, there's two plates of food. There's a girl across the table from him. Um, I don't want to say that it's his uh, girlfriend because... This is a knife nerd, so, um, well, maybe I guess they could coerce women into, into dating them because they got a lot of knives. You know what? Be right back. Going to buy a ton of knives. This is what the headline is, okay? For some reason, food places in Vietnam don't have knives. Good job I had my own. So, what I didn't tell you then about this picture, right, were, um, this, and look, I'm gonna go out on a racial limb here and say, American, 
this American white couple, one of whom is using a fork to eat her plate of Asian food, and the other one just has a pocket knife in his hand. And this is the this is the thing then. There's a bucket full of spoons and chopsticks right beside him, less than a foot away from him. It's in the photo. Oh, so when he was writing out that headline, he had to be looking at that, or within, you know, 10 seconds of looking at that photo. Just learn to use the choppers, you fucking dick. It's not that hard. You know, billions of people manage it every day. But Joe America here, actually, what Joe Exotic American worked it out here by bringing his fucking Spyderco flip-out oil triple action fucking also operates as a flashlight lick. Yeah, not into it. Yeah, stop. Just cut it out, alright? It's nice to have precision tools, but, like, don't become a precision tool, you know? Fuck, cut that out. That's the best thing I've ever said in this podcast. That's it. Cancel the whole show. It has peaked. I say it earlier, and I say this a lot of the time on Walloper Watch. If you've never joined us on Walloper Watch before. Oh, no. Right. It doesn't really make a whole difference there. I just got informed that I've actually been kicked out of the Guardian's website for... um. Like I set a time limit on my iPhone because I'm trying to not read the news but I like to make fun of a lot of the opinion articles on my podcast so I do need to be on there a fair bit so um, what to say about this next bit it's hard it's difficult we said we're not looking for people that are like outright haters or racists or that like people that know they're doing negative things then there's Adrian Childs, and I don't know if he's truly a walloper, but like we've featured him on here before because he writes things like, you know, like we're talking about people like write Facebook comments, writing back to their local chippy, asking them for book recommendations, like idiots, you know, like, you know, but like just that have made mistakes, we'll make fun of it here on Walloper Watch. But like this man's paid to write in the Guardian newspaper, like or website, whatever it is these days, and I haven't seen that copy of it since I got to Canada, so I haven't got a clue. And you know what, it's just where I get my news, it's like if you disagree, that's fine, like whatever, just insert whatever fucking news article, newspaper you like, news outlet. What's the point of all this? But yeah, but so one of Chelsea's really caught me off guard there recently, and um, I don't know, should, I just, it just makes me feel a bit sick, so I think we should just read it out in full and uh, get it over with. My biggest surprise of the week, I have a naked lookalike, and he is making a fortune on OnlyFans by Adrian Childs. It seems people are paying Mike, who looks a bit like me, to read out the football scores while stripping. What's the world coming to? Now, immediately in this article, we've got a photo. This guy looks nothing like Adrian Childs. He is uglier, I would say. And the picture is of his headline when they printed his story in the Daily Sport. I make a grand a day because they think I'm Adrian Childs. So Childsy continues. If you see your name in a Sunday sport headline, you can be sure something funny's going on. It could be funny ha-ha or funny peculiar or, as in this case, both. I'd been sent the article on my phone. The headline read as follows. I make a grand a day because they think I'm Adrian Childs. The pictures featured an all-but-naked man with his bits obscured. He looked a little like me. Gingerly, I expanded the image so I could read the text. As soon as I got the gist of the story, recoiling in horror, I pinched the page smaller again so I could read no more. I'd seen as much as I could stand for a moment. The bare bones of it are as follows. A bloke in Leeds who looks a bit like me is earning money on the internet as my naked lookalike. I wouldn't blame you if at this point, as I did, stopped reading. 
if you stop reading. Trust me, it gets worse. After a few deep breaths, long exhale, short inhale, as the mindfulness manuals advise, I flicked the screen bigger again. I could only bear to read it one paragraph at a time. Quick look, shrink it again, deep breaths, re-expand, read, shrink, and so on. The first thing I read was the picture caption. Adrian Childs has fetishists called Chilies. 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 Don't know. Well, I'll keep one of those in in the edit and that's it. Uh, after three long breaths out, I went in to get the uh, bottom, went in, went back in to get to the ma- the bottom of this madness. In short, we are asked to believe that a former social worker called Mike is making a living on OnlyFans, described here as a grot site. <laughs> England is so awful. Impersonating me. Mike said that the chilies started with vanilla requests, but soon moved to hard stuff. Hard stuff? What hard stuff? Look away now. They asked me to strip while reading out the weekend's football scores or describing brummy landmarks, but it soon got darker. Such as? Someone paid me 500 quid to read out Childs' column in The Guardian while performing a sex act on myself. And it's at this point, Punkadella Files, I would like to point out that I did not know anybody would ever find out about that. So why doesn't everybody just back the fuck off and leave me alone? I'm not on trial here. Anyway, let's just keep it like this, this, this article is a laugh. What sex act do you think it was? Like, read out the column. Like, I mean, it's a man. You don't really have too many sex acts to do. You can either mess about where you're meeting two veg, or you can put stuff up your bum. Some of us only have one of those options, really. Um, that's an ideological thing. So, where do we go? So, child says to him, oh, yeah, so the guy, Mike, the impersonator. I thought at the time, this is weird. Oh, do you really think so? He's getting paid more doing what he said he was doing while reading out my column than I got for writing it. What's the world coming to? Who are these chilies anyway? It's mostly men, but there's a woman who pays me £200 a week to eat crumpets naked and dribble butter down my front while spouting inane drivel in a West Midlands accent. Takes all, takes all sorts, I suppose, adds Mike wisely. Yeah, well, you know, we will not engage in kink shaming on here. Uh, anyway, blah, 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 how Childs feels about it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so it's just like, there's people out there that view Adrian Childs as a sex object, and, you know, Wallop Watts likes to make the point every so often as well, it's just like, you know, and think about the infrastructure that was used to get this story to you, right? Uh, a newspaper had to find it, a man, like someone had to perform an interview, um, it had to get printed hundreds of thousands of times, someone has to hand that to Adrian's Childs or email it to him or text it to him, probably dozens of people did, uh, and he's got to go through his whole process which was described in far too much detail, don't need that, like bad writer, idiot, fool, but we know that this is more about the content really of the article this time. His Guardian editors and everything were like, okay, yeah, let's put this out. This is a human interest piece that people will want to know about. And it's just like, if I had died without ever knowing, like, one single bite of that information. Is a bite smaller than a bit? I was going for the smallest one. So whichever of those works the best in this context and makes me sound more intelligent, uh, use that one. That's the one I meant. Oh, it just, I don't know. Uh, But also... If you would like me to uh, read out football scores and spout drivel in an Indian Midlands accent, I think was the phrase, while dribbling crumpet butter all down my chest, um, 
you know, we can work it out. We can work out payment plans. You know, I don't think that's going to be the greatest thing for my fucking chess game. But I guess that's less of your worry and more of mine at this stage of the game. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Punkadelic Podcast is a podcast about the things that make life worth living. Movies, metal, mixed martial arts. And you may think that I'm signing off for the night, but I am actually happy enough to push this one a little longer tonight. What's been going on over here on Walloper Watch is that there's been a number of times where I'm recording late at night or whenever it is, but anyway, the mood leaves me, the power, my powers fade, things strike. You know, I don't know what the phrase is, but I have to get up and leave and Walloper Watch is the last thing I do for the podcast because I try to be kind of sober for the start so that I get everything right, but Walloper Watch is just about a descent into madness and like, what the fuck are these people doing? So... We don't have to be super sober for that. So yeah, Walloper Watch, all of that just to say that Walloper Watch is the first thing to get cut or cut down. So there is, like, dude, I must have 25 fucking megs of stuff about it just on my phone in this one note about it right here called Walloper Dump. I'm going to go help myself to a smoke Punkadella files and then when I come back it is time to Walloper Dump all over the fucking place. You're very welcome back to Punkadelic Podcast and Walloper Watch. Don't forget the Punkadelic Podcast is the podcast that reads out more kid rocks than any other on earth. It isn't even a competition anymore. We leave the competition in the dirt. The chosen one and the living proof with the gift the gab from the city of truth. I jabbed and stabbed and knocked critics back and I did not stutter when I said that. I'm going platinum selling rhymes. I went platinum seven times. See, even went off script. Wasn't even looking at the phone for the second half of that. Suck my dick, everybody. We're back on Walloper Watch. You know what it is. It's a Walloper dump. Fucking dump those wallopers, boy. Hopefully my girlfriend doesn't have that idea. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Jesus, there's actually... Do you know what it is? I'm having to scroll back through a lot of fucking uh, ideas for podcasts. There's been a ton of stuff that has just occurred to me randomly. And, like, I just write it down because I don't know what to do with it. But, like, I'm fairly certain there's a note in this phone somewhere that just says, uh, Big Mama's House of the Dragon. I don't know what to do with that. But it's mine, so nobody get fresh. Oh, somebody tried to take over the iron throne. Oh, hell no. He's <clears throat> probably not have done that. Um, okay, okay. Can't see jack shit in this fucking thing. Don't tell me I'm going to have to search for it. That feels like overkill. Like, go all the way down there, press the search button, type in wall. There's my idea for an offshoot of the cyberpunk genre on my shoulders to fucking make that a reality though but it's like I'm not a writer this podcast has allowed me to be a lot more creative but we're still not at writing fiction levels because I only read the best so it's like if I didn't write the best then I just fucking have to throw myself off a bridge so you know it's just like it's safer this way uh Walloper Dump finally found okay here we go it's a picture of two girls one's dressed like a nun one's in an LBD and the caption that they've put on their picture is twin sisters with two completely different aesthetics and our homeboy has written back here one deserves respect and the other can be thrown in the trash i think what he means is that organized religion is shit so the nun should get in the bin and we'll go out with the slut so uh yeah walloper keep your opinions to yourself mate uh, it's a tweet from twitter uh where else do they come from i'm literally out here getting dissed on by some arab dagger merchant right now so some guy is 
getting a picture of yeah an Arab dagger, and he writes back. So Pog Hunter sixty nine writes back, not interested, and the <laughs> Arab guy is all written in like Islam, Islamic text. <laughs> he writes back, he who has not tasted grapes says sour, and it's like that's true. You should buy that knife, or you should shut up, sir. Uh, okay, we got another fucking brilliant Tinder profile. Do really, really enjoy these. It's fascinating what people will boil themselves down to, like to write a bio for a fucking social media network, um, and then multiply that fascination by ten for what they write in their bio. So here we go. Make me laugh or go away. No, seriously, swipe left if you're boring. This is Tinder, not Bumble. Message first. As long as it's not, hey, how are you? Tinder gives me a lot of options. Be the most interesting one. Then it says, gym, memes, animals, drama-free, slasher flicks, fun shit. Single for six years. Zero patience for morons. No surprise kids or baggage. I won't sleep with you, so don't bother. I'm heavily tattooed. No, I won't show you. Last line. This is the kicker. I'm actually nice. And a big smiley face. Eh... Tinder gives me a lot of options. Be the most interesting one. And then, I'm actually nice. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, so, next up, a tweet from Twitter. <laughs> a tweet from Twitter. A tweet from Twitter. A tweet from Twitter. Uh, now I've locked myself into a fucking brain loop. That's good. Um, a katana made from metals found in a four billion year old meteorite. It is called the Sword of Heaven. And then the reply to this awesome sword is, The only problem is, we don't have a real samurai to test it. All men are more worried trying to wear a skirt and heels. <laughs> we are? Holy shit, I, I must have forgot. I left my skirt and heels at home. Um, okay, here we go. From my favourite subreddit, if you've been on a show before, you know about it. Or slash meth. People that take meth, talk about meth problems. On meth. It is fucking fantastic fun. My friend is a succubus. I'm not high, but I have consumed some meth in the past some hours. Uh, 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 let me see if I track the logic here. I'm not high, but I have consumed meth within the last few hours. Okay. No, that's okay. It's fine. If it, That's your position. It's 100%. I just didn't understand it for a second. I'm good now. I'm up to speed. This is not intoxication, but I have achieved some very deep clarity about this person. I have realized this girl who I have had sex with a few times before and was sort of attracted to has a lot of demonic energy to her. She is evil and attracts energy and sucks it up to feed her soul and consumes the souls of people around her. I am still attracted to her, but I think she wants to consume my soul by having sex with me and, uh, and is a satanic succubus. I don't know what to do because I want to make the right choice. I have about five days till she starts ovulating and I have to make a choice before then whether to sleep with her or not. If I sleep with her, do I give in to the devil forever? And, yo, I just want to remind everybody that this post started with the phrase, I'm not high, but. So, you ever hear the expression that everything that comes after but in a sentence is irrelevant? Well, this guy just told us that he is fucking high. So, some girl that he's not even banging anymore is evil and is trying to steal his soul. God bless, sir. Because if this is your life when you're not high, then 
You're going to have some crazy ideas. Oh my God, right? So this is actually so funny on one level, but like it's obviously not right. Like so, um, and also at the start of every Walloper watch, I say, we're not looking for haters or racists, but then sometimes in a comment section, you just see something so racist. You have to talk about it. Like, uh, so this was, we were waiting for the UFC's fucking, um, it was the special announcement on January 27th that wound up being 45 minutes late and being nothing except Dana shouting. But uh, fucking hell, the special announcement, uh, someone in the comments wrote, someone said Bilal Muhammad bomb threat. <laughs> oh, I like Bilal, good guy, shout out Bilal, but that's just a bit of good old fashioned Islamophobia right there. Um, okay, here's a story by the... The online publication, the publication, the news outlet, whatever it is, Snopes. Is Dolly Parton recording an album with heavy metal band Slipknot? Look, I'm going to, again, I've been doing this a lot on this podcast, but I'm going to go out on a fucking limb here. Take a shot in the dark and say no. Absolutely not. Oh, they're putting the nine and nine to five. No, no jokes like that. Shut up. Bad. Don't fucking write headlines that just aren't fucking true. Like, like Slipknot are recording a song with Dolly Parton. Listen, both hands down the front of your trousers right now and catch a grip of yourself. Again, you know, take someone to run the website, take someone to write that, take some editor to come up with that idea, take somebody to approve that. There's infrastructure behind this walloping when you see it online at this level. This isn't someone's granny that's gone half cocked with a fucking copy of Snapchat. Like, this, these are supposed to be professionals. Snopes, is that well respected or not? I don't know. Not in this house. Not up in here. Okay, here we go. So, this is what our guy here, we don't have any information about him, unfortunately. We just have a very long and detailed list of what he looks for in a girl. So listen up, ladies. Let's know if you check all of these boxes and we'll get you in touch. Uh, height preference is 5'4 four or 4... <clears throat> height preference is 5'4 four or 5'5. Five five. Anything else is completely unacceptable, I'm assuming. Preferably Korean, but German is an absolute no-no. So you do have quite a lot of middle ground there, ladies. So... Uh, just don't be German straight off the bat and you'll be fine. How dare you? You need to have... Uh, so, nice voice, okay? No one from Nuri. Nice face and eyes. No one from Nuri. Uh, needs to look good without makeup, in brackets then, important. But he didn't put important after the German absolute no-no, even though that is in capitals. How do you think the hierarchy of... uh? Stress works in this guy's grammar. Would caps be more important than something that has important written after it in brackets? Hmm. Strange. Okay. Body type. Chi Aruel. Jesus, I don't even know those words. Did I miss the last incel meeting? Do we have new words now? Chill Aru- Chi Aruel. This is bound to be some weeb anime wigger thing. Uh, maybe those are not interlinked terms nice ass and thighs and whatever chest size chi has so yeah she's obviously a character should look like her and then in brackets important but not in capitals so what is the system here sir you need to let us know um loyal and obedient and submissive and breedable 
And then again in brackets, important. So that's important. Um, long hair slash nice hairstyle. Smell good on default. Not, I presume, what he meant there was not with the addition of, you know, soap and water or perfume or anything like that. Just like, smell good or get the fuck out, basically. Doesn't want children. Important. Patient and adaptive to whatever shenanigans my life comes up with. You don't, you don't, you don't get up to shenanigans, sir. You, anyway. That's just crazy. Not necessarily smart nor stupid. So, probably average intelligence. So, that's, you see, he's, he he can compromise, alright? You know, he's not looking for absolutely everything here. A little obsessive would be okay. And then in brackets, then in brackets just a little bit though. So, you can't be as obsessive as he is about... Chi R O L. What does this character look like? I'm gonna look that up right now. Actually, Chi R. Yeah, here we go. It's a cartoon character. It's a full blown cartoon character. It's not like, I mean, I guess you could say it's a hot girl cartoon character, but like, um, and yeah, what size tits does she have? Yeah, I'm gonna say those are probably double D's. Uh, so, you know, good luck, ladies. Uh, whatever size tits she has, he said there. Um, what else do we need here? Oh, yeah, we're not finished. And it's not, like, we've still got quite a bit to cover here. Decent cooking skills should at least know how to cook scrambled eggs and chicken. I mean, that that is setting the bar quite low in the kitchen. I mean... Scrambled eggs can be done in minutes. Chicken, I mean, depending on what cut. But I mean, even a full chicken within the hour. So I think that's that's pretty good. You know, you get good time efficiency out of this relationship. Decent league player. Yumi Main would be good. Optional, but but preferred. This is some Japan, Japanimation fucking weeb bullshit I don't understand. And then this is the final point, and I think, although it doesn't say important in brackets after it, I do think that this might be my very favorite part of the entire advert or post. It's not like a dating anything like this. Is I think this is a post from Tumblr a while ago. Financially stable, and then in brackets, optional, would be good though, because I am not. Well, it seems that beggars can be choosers. Alright, so it must have been from... I don't know what this is underneath. Some health food post. But uh, we've got a guy underneath going, Y'all do understand the point of drinking natural juice instead of juice full of sugar and additives is because it is healthier and better for your body, right? The caption lists health benefits and price is not mentioned anywhere. If you don't love yourself enough to not spend the extra cash, that's your issue, not his. If you can't afford it, I pray your situation changes for the better so that you can. Still not his problem, though. And if y'all don't own a damn juicer or won't want to purchase one... Why are y'all even here? Like, like this guy owns Instagram. Like, only he's allowed to comment because he drinks fucking juice. Like, like get a fucking life, you fucking tard. Uh, here we go. My latest painting captures the true love of the president and Melania Trump, whose inspiring romance makes 
makes us all our hearts melt like butter. Um, dudes, you've got to see this picture. I'll post that one to the Reddit. It is, I mean, it's a pretty good rendering of Melania, hottest first lady of all time. But wow, what a <laughs> wow, what a bad picture of me. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to come out right at all. It didn't, but you know, well, every accent's a shot in the dark on this show every single time. All right, so another tweet from Twitter. One time on a date, I told a guy I had an OnlyFans and he walked out. Later that night, he subscribed and sent the photos to my mom. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know how that ended up on Wallaby Watch. That guy's my fucking hero. <laughs> Take that, bitch. Um, sorry, ladies. We love you. We're respecting ladies this year. We've said it on a podcast a number of times. And that has been reflected in our mixed martial arts coverage, which is gender neutral. So, um, here we go. From Facebook, Mom Life, I Love My Kids. And it's a meme that says, how long were you in labor? And the different colors of heart reactions is um, is tied into a legend by how many hours, you know, uh, people spent in labor. And then comment underneath it, from a man, funny enough. <laughs> Seriously? Labor? My wife was 53 hours in labor. She got a bed, a bath, food, great packs, happy gas, attention, an epidural, and finally some anesthetic. While she had a C-section, I got a lino floor to sleep on. Not that I got any sleep. No bath to relax. No drugs to take. No food. And when I want on my feet massaging her back, I had the most uncomfortable chair that was designed by Satan himself to sit in. No one cares about the real workers during labour. It's us dads. And he's put an apostrophe in dads when he didn't need to. Good man. It's all about you. Okay, here we go from underneath some mixed martial arts post on Instagram. Support me in boxing, please. I am poor man. I like fighting. Please support me. Plus nine six 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 eight six one three two zero. My WhatsApp. Contact me, please. So, an interesting approach to getting fight sponsorship there, son. Let's see how it works out for him, Cotton. Uh, congratulations. How many people get to say that they invented something in a field that they are passionate about? I am happy for you. Keep up the good work. There's a re- So that's on LinkedIn. There's a reply to this comment. Hello from India. You woman, I like. <laughs> that is so good. I'm so happy to see that. Um, Okay, MAGA Bonnie Patriot, tweet from Twitter, replying to Libfield. I support Donald J. Trump in whatever he decides to do. He's a patriot and a Christian and a very kind man, in spite of all the crap you hear about him. (laughs) How do you know? How the fuck do you know? Um, All right, so from Reddit, posted to or slash not how girls work. Uh, this is a screen grab of a tweet from Twitter. I fucked dozens upon dozens of women and not a single one was able to come. It's biologically impossible for women to achieve orgasm. I don't know why y'all just be lying on this app for no reason for. <laughs> and the top reply says, waterboarding couldn't have got this information out of me. 
Oh, so good. Okay, so here's your reply to someone's Facebook status. Sorry, but you losing your job is nothing to me losing my sister. I was just notified my sister has two weeks left due to ovarian cancer and you want to gripe about losing your job? There are a lot of jobs, extra apostrophe where it's not needed. That pisses me off, I'm sorry. It's just not that hard of a rule. It's just not that hard, alright? When it's plural, alright, maybe, but just, anyway. There are a lot of jobs you can find, but my sister can't do anything but lay and wait to die. Well, you know, she's got two weeks. Get that lazy bitch up the fuck. What are you telling me here? That the world doesn't need any bartenders anymore? Suck my fucking cock. I can't wait till she dies. Alright then, next one. Tweet from Twitter. If you support abortion, then all I ask is you be consistent with your viewpoint and support rape. Why can a woman force herself onto her baby, but a man can't force himself onto a woman? All I ask is consistency. And this is it. Now we finally find a gentleman that's out there asking the right fucking questions. Don't forget, folks, that is one man, one vote. He has as much of a fucking say in the system as you or I or anybody else you could fucking hear to mention. Now... That's basically it, and that's basically that, you know, stay black everybody, have a fucking great time, I'm off here this evening, I probably won't edit this show tonight, uh, probably gonna finish off watching a movie I was watching called Vanishing Point, which is the major influence on Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, thoroughly enjoying it, very 70s car movie, got the white Dodge Challenger from Death Proof, that's why it's in Death Proof. And, uh, yeah, having a great time. Uh, Punkadelic Podcast will be back. Oh, one last, oh, dude, one last thing. This is, I'm so sorry to end on a negative note, but two things, right? Number one, rest in peace, Lance Reddick. Your portrayal of Cedric Daniels in The Wire is fucking fantastic. You make the best male orgasm noise I've ever heard on TV, bar none, when you're banging Ronda Perlman in season three or four. And, you know, I understand you're a big part of the Horizon games. Uh, you do voices in Rick and Morty. Uh, I mean, 60 years of age is actually no age. So, um, rest in peace. That was kind of a shocking one. You don't like to hear about Wire alumni winding up dead. Um, and the second thing was, so I was telling you about that whole fucking... Um, I was having trouble sitting down to record podcasts this week. So I'm too late. I'm not going to do it now. Uh, a preview for Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Cheeto Vera. Uh, throwing leather at each other for five rounds in the fucking UFC octagon this Saturday. I'm beside myself with excitement. I'll literally do that statistical analysis, but just for my own um, edification, it won't be going public. It's too late. Because nobody's going to listen to it, right? It's two days before the fight, so all the good analysis has come out. So I missed my shot. i got to get those out like a week in advance or it's, it's fucking bust. But I will be doing some more MMA content soon. Uh, I'll try and do a break down for uh, Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. That's the one that I'm most interested on on the Izzy Pereira card because we broke down Izzy Pereira before. It's like, what am I really going to add to that? I guess we could talk about what happened in their first MMA fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. We could do. We could talk about that a little bit. But Adrian Yanez, I think, is the more interest. Is a very, very interesting guy that not a lot of people are super familiar with yet. So, and I would include myself in that too. I'm not like a. I'm not the be all and end all of mixed martial arts. Believe fucking that. Uh, you know, that's something you can fucking print. Quote me on that. I am not the be-all and end-all of mixed martial arts. Put that on my fucking gravestone. Peace, love, punkadelic. Punkadelic.